Thanks for tuning into Stacker Chats. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin. I'm Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Monique Bali, Stacks founder, with your regular updates. So there's been some discussion lately on Bitcoin the tool as compared to Bitcoin the community. What are your thoughts on this, and how does it relate to ongoing work at both Stacks and Trust Machines? I think there's a there's a very interesting talk by the CEO of BitRefill. Um, I think we should link it in the comment sections. And he basically makes this case about there is Bitcoin the tool. Like if you think of any technology like BitTorrent or, or something else, uh, people are just going to come download the software, use it for what they need to do and kind of like go away, right? And for that, like you need to look at the actual usage of Bitcoin. Like how many people are using it? Or why are they using it? What utility is it providing to the people? And how is that? Uh, how are those stats kind of like growing over time? And then there is kind of like Bitcoin, the idea or the culture, or you know, some people might even call it a religion, right? And these are the folks who have kind of like just dedicated their entire lives to Bitcoin. There's the people who show up at Bitcoin conferences or are on Bitcoin Twitter and, and so on. And I think these are, it's important to realize that these are two kind of like separate things. Obviously, there's overlap between the two, but they're kind of like separate things. Whereas uh, people who actively kind of like use Bitcoin may not even be sometimes be a part of uh, kind of like this, the, this culture, right? Like I could just be a user and I use Bitcoin and then forget about it. And, and we need to grow that audience for Bitcoin to really become a global currency, a global store of value. And if you want to move people to the Bitcoin standard, it has to reach everybody, right? It has to reach like billions of people. Right now in the short term, we need, we need to uh, aim for like hundreds of millions of users. And I, I think this talk uh, then goes into the actual usage of Bitcoin. What are the top wallets? What are the profiles of, or the type of users who are actually doing interesting things with Bitcoin? And, and it's, a, it's a very, very interesting concept because this is something that we as developers feel as well that as a developer community, we are focused on like building new stuff with Bitcoin, right? Like increasing the utility of Bitcoin, increasing the number of applications that use Bitcoin or, or help grow the Bitcoin economy. And sometimes, uh, you know, the, the two camps like don't see eye to eye, right? And that is something that I think we, uh, we, should, we should work a little bit more on because in my view, uh, both of these things need to be successful. I do think that this core group of uh, people who represent Bitcoin, the idea, or were obsessed with it and basically want to see uh, the project grow, they are playing a role in the growth of Bitcoin, but so are the developers, right? And if anything, I think on a relative basis, uh, there are less developers in the Bitcoin ecosystem compared to some, some other blockchains out there. And that's just data, right? And I think we need to uh, kind of like admit that and help grow the Bitcoin builders movement as well that can increase the utility of Bitcoin, the tool. And I think I think that is something that I am seeing that change, especially with the uh, various Bitcoin layers that have started. Uh, and, and Stacks is effectively one of them, right? You can think of Lightning, Stacks, RSK, all our Bitcoin layers with different types of functionality and developers are coming in and building uh, using, using these Bitcoin layers. Great, thank you. And a detailed report on Stacks mining was recently released, um, written by Maddie Stacks, um, a Stacks resident. 
What were some of the ecosystem takeaways from that report and any actionable insights? Yeah, I think it was a, it was a very interesting report. Um, a bunch of the information wasn't a surprise, at least not to me, like or anyone who has kind of like looked at the the data because mining is a public system, right? The data is already out there. People like the daemon entity have have done some analysis before as well. There were some new things that were pretty interesting to find. Like for example, the finding that mining is actually more profitable than we thought because there is this uh, corner case where sometimes when there's a flash block, a flash block is when there are rapid blocks on Bitcoin and there isn't a corresponding block on the stacks layer, right? Uh, so the Coinbase rewards uh, basically roll over, meaning that the next block is actually much more uh, economically meaningful. And, and we people weren't like thinking about it and weren't really accounting for it. And the um, and the difference is actually quite a lot. And, and right now the report doesn't even look at, at gas fees uh, because gas fees uh, make some difference right now, but in the future, I think they would actually drive like a significant uh, mining incentive for, for miners because as the NEPA grows, obviously you're kind of like, you know, see more, uh, more, more gas fees out there. So, so knowing that mining is even like much more profitable than we thought right now is a signal to people out there that, uh, hey, uh, there there are profit mar- margins, and maybe more people can jump in and and try to uh, mine on the network, which will be good for kind of like the decentralization, uh, for the decentralization and health of the network. Uh, at Trust Machines, like we are actually actively building, uh, working on a new miner implementation or optimize optimizing the miner. The idea is that I think right now, uh, I don't I don't think a lot of people know this, but uh, at least there's no public domain work of uh, improving the miner since pre-mainnet launch, right? So some miners might have written internal software and they might be running them, but at least as far as open source code is concerned, um, the the version of miner that's available is basically pre-mainnet launch. And there are several optimizations you can make both on the economic side, like make a more efficient miner that can be more profitable, uh, but also on the transaction processing side, uh, which is something I'm more interested in because I think we are seeing that some miners actually didn't pack as much transactions that they could. And I think it just might be that they don't have a right implementation available. Uh, so Trust Machine uh, plans to just open source it because we think that um, uh, this is something that we can benefit from. Other people can contribute to the miner implementation. We can use it. Other other folks can use it. And this is like in the business interest of our applications, right? Like if, let's say, uh, Zest protocol or, or, or console, they require a lot of transactions on the network. If miners are packing more transactions, that's actually healthy for the network. And we, uh, we have a vested interest in, in, in doing that. Uh, so we will see how how our minor implementation kind of like comes out and performs out, out there. But as far as the report is concerned, I think the, the biggest takeaway there is uh, the mining decentralization discussion that we've been having at the forum. I think it kind of like just highlights that, that how many miners are there, what are the characteristics. And I think there is some convergence recently on the various proposals that were around. I was talking about dust mining and I think Ryan and a couple of other folks were mentioning other proposals. And I think you kind of like combined uh, them, that the community has kind of like come together to get bits and pieces of, of the various proposals. And I do think a new SIP that kind of like addresses some of the current uh, challenges on, on the mining side uh, could be very helpful in, in increasing miner decentralization uh, by a lot. Like, uh, for example, with dust mining, I think my confidence level is pretty high that you could get like up to 100 100 unique miners on the, on the network that way. All right, great, thank you. 
Now, this is one of the first Stacker Chats uh, since Q3 started very recently. Um, you know, we've seen a ton of traction since Q2 to Q3. There's been, at this point, over 5,000 um, Clarity Smart contracts that have been published. That's up close to 2,000 since the quarter before. Um, and now over 72 independent entities, startups, building. Um, so that's really exciting. But can you share some of the focus areas ahead for this quarter and the rest of the year? Yeah, I think the the number of uh, kind of like you know clarity contracts published. It's a I look at developer traction as a leading indicator of, of everything else. Like if you get more developers, you're going to get more applications, and then uh, the the better shot you have of taking those applications to uh, mainstream users and and so on. So I think the looking at the the number of clarity contracts published and also the number of uh, entities, which is a proxy to how many people are kind of like full-time working and building in the ecosystem. I think that's a, that's a very healthy sign. I think before we get into some of the things that I'm kind of like looking forward to moving forward, uh, I, I want to like highlight one thing that I've seen kind of like this movie a couple of times before, where a bear market starts and you would notice that, you know, uh, a couple of months go by and slowly kind of like people start uh, losing conviction. Right. So I've seen seen this like multiple times before. For example, in 2016, um, back then when the crash happened, uh, there was a, a very strong narrative at that time that maybe blockchains are actually more useful than enterprises, which I completely disagree with. I think they, they are more like open, permissionless networks and, and in, in enterprises, you can actually control the setting uh, that you have and build, build kind of like federated uh, systems over there. Uh, and there were a lot of companies that actually almost like stopped doing what they were doing and started building kind of like these enterprise blockchains and other stuff. And, and that just went nowhere. And there were even people um, who then came back to, to the crypto industry after spending and wasting a bunch of years and time and effort on, on things because they just felt this need to like do something different. Uh, and I think this is the kind of like the part where people with high conviction and people who are driven by a mission kind of like stand out that when the bear markets happen, uh, they take that as a opportunity to double down on their work and they maintain their thesis, uh, especially if you truly believe in it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't experiment and you shouldn't kind of like look at uh, other adjacent ideas, especially if you believe in it. So a contrasting thing would be that I think in 2018 or so, uh, so we were, you know, one of the early investors in OpenSea. So kind of like got to see their their story unfold. Uh, those people were like heads down working on their NFT marketplace because they truly believed in it. And there was no data out there uh, that this thing is going to be uh, massive down the road. But at least there was conviction, and they were having fun building what they were building because they actually believed in it, versus trying to explore like some other random idea that maybe some of the, some of their investors might be pushing them on uh, on, on exploring. So, so and it, and this has not happened just once or twice. It's happened a couple of times in the industry before that the people who look like geniuses down the road, uh, they were the ones who actually took the time in the bear market uh, to work on things that actually matter and things that you actually believe in. Right. So I think that's that's basically uh, the 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 bigger lesson for uh, uh, for me personally and and uh, for my peers as well. And then I think uh, you look at okay, uh, what can we learn from the last cycle? Like it's it's pretty clear that I think the uh, network capacity and speed uh, was a big bottleneck uh, as a Bitcoin layer. 
I think when people are coming to Stacks to experience some of the applications, if they're having a much worse experience compared to some, some of the newer L1s out there, that's that's a big bottleneck, right? Developers would go somewhere else or users would go somewhere else. So that's kind of like a big clear thing that, that we need to work on. And the second thing is uh, uh, non-custodial BTC, which also solves the Bitcoin right problem. So I think as a Bitcoin layer, uh, Stacks needs to be as tightly integrated with Bitcoin as possible. And I think the non-custodial BTC is a critical uh, piece of that puzzle because it also solves the Bitcoin write problem. Right now, the contracts can read Bitcoin state, but you should be able to kind of like write back as well, which actually really unlocks the, the full potential. So those are kind of like some of the things which, uh, given the bear markets, this is by far the best time to work on those infrastructure level things. And I think that's what I expect a bunch of effort at Trust Machines and some of the other entities like in the, in the coming uh, six to nine months. Uh, this is what we'll be doing. And I think I'm very glad that we are in a position, at least as a, as a company Trust Machine that just uh, closed a large round before the bear market started. But also like I've been chatting with a lot of other uh, uh, folks in the ecosystem. And I think they, they they seem to kind of like be on the same page that, hey, this is, this is kind of like the time for building. Well, great. And yeah, if folks are interested in working on some of those meaty problems, um, you know, Trust Machines is hiring, the foundation is hiring, um, a lot of entities in this space. Um, well, thank you so much for tuning into Stacker Chats, everyone. Please make sure to like this video, subscribe for more content like this, and let us know if you have any questions um, in the comments below or on Twitter. Thanks, Vinny, for being here. We'll see you soon. Thank you.